You're listening to the Holistic Spaces podcast brought to you by Mindful Design Feng Shui School. Episode 223, Feng Shui Chi Forecast for May 2023. Welcome to episode 223 of the Holistic Spaces podcast, where we hope to inspire, educate, and empower you to create your own holistic spaces that nurture and resonate with you. Angie Cho and Laura Morris are the founders of the Mindful Design Feng Shui School. We teach feng shui online at mindfuldesignschool.com. Check us out. Visit our website, mindfuldesignschool.com. We also have a mailing list with special opportunities and workshops only for our newsletter subscribers. So we hope to see you there. You can visit mindfuldesignschool.com, scroll to the bottom to sign up for our mailing list. So welcome to May. This is launching on May 1st and we have our May 2023 monthly chi energy forecast so we do laura, laura take yes. it us so regular listeners of this podcast of our energy forecast you know that we generally go over key solar dates we talk a bit about the full moon and then we chat about the energy of this month and then we do a reading that goes along with it either a card reading i either do a tarot reading or angie does an I Ching reading this month you're doing tarot. And the month of May, the key solar terms are summer begins is the first one. And that is May 6th. Now I've said this several times, these solar terms, there are 24. These are from ancient China. They've been used throughout the centuries to predict, to codify the seasonal changes. And along with what happens in nature and agrarian, also there are uh, cultural things that overlay as well. So people, you know, plan their lives according to this, their celebrations, their festivals, the things that they did. China is a very large country. And so a lot of these solar terms are reflective maybe of one region and maybe not the other. So for example, May 6th, when we say summer begins May 6th, for a lot of us that live in more northern, even if we're in the northern hemisphere, which we're talking about here in this case, and they we live in a northern, like Canada or northern China, this might not really make a lot of sense, right? So a lot of these are reflective of southern the southern climate in China. And southern, sorry, summer begins, May 6th, is described as a time when the spring flowers are actually beginning to fade. And the crops that were planted are growing up taller and taller. And it is when certain flowers and trees are growing more than they would, let's say, in a northern climate. So I think everyone needs to sort of think about what summer begins for you. It'll be a little bit different depending on where you live. So for instance, I live in Canada, which I'm sure you guys know by now. And May 6th, we would never think of planting anything in May in May 6th that wasn't hardy. So we would never think of planting anything that would be damaged by frost because there's a, still a potential for frost. So the next solar term, which I'll talk about in a second, is when we would think about that. But this is sort of this period when, again, you know, we're getting more and more yang. We're moving to the highest point of yang, which is summer, the, the equinox or the peak of summer. And it's 
it's a slow process day by day. The sun gets stronger. It's out for longer. You know, the days are longer, the nights are shorter. So this is a slow process. And so this is the beginning of this. You know, I don't know what the degree, some degree of the sun and the, you know, way it tilts toward the, the you know, there's a math involved. I think personally, it's when we start to really feel like summer is coming, like we're getting out of that cold. It's feeling like a time when it's not as, oh my God, we might have a snowstorm tomorrow. Like you're, you've moved past that. And you can actually start to bring out certain flowers. It's hardier flowers. So where I live and in sort of more Northern areas and everything is, you know, if you're a gardener, you know, you're zonal gardening primrose, violets, those kinds of flowers you can put outside because they are hardy enough for this. So it is a time, it technically, you know, and according to the solar terms, it is called summer begins. And for each of us, that's going to mean something a little bit different. But I think we can all agree that the winter is behind us, that even that kind of spring that just won't give up winter is behind us. Could I add something? You sure can. Okay. Uh, and what Laura is pointing to is that there's an invitation, especially from the Asian perspective, where feng shui comes from, that we can look at chi a little bit differently. So like in a flower arrangement, a bud would represent the future. And then something that's mid-bloom would be more present. And then actually something that's full bloom is already kind of the past. So it's that idea that even though it doesn't feel like it's summer in full swing, it is, that's when the life is there, when it's in motion, not when it's already on its way out, not when it's hit the apex. When, when it's at the apex, it's already, the chi is already coming down. So it's a, this way of looking at this balance of like new life, life ending and what's in the middle and how do we not only view the full bloom as that expression of the energy, but how is that energy expressed when it's in motion? Yes. And the next solar term actually kind of ties into that a little bit. It's May the 21st and it is called grain full. Again, these are translations, right? So it's either grain full or grain buds. And you can think of it as, again, when we're thinking back to China and Again, other countries or places that have southern and and more northern climes, it's the time when those the gap starts to diminish. So the temperature gap between the north and the south start to close. So it's not going to be as cold in Beijing as it is, you know, or it's going to be warmer in Beijing and and also warmer in Shanghai. And the two are are going to be closer together, right? So it's sort of that it's a time when things are going to even out uh, a little bit because we're getting to be in more temperate climes, and the crops are really beginning to get established. Like they're not fully grown, but they're well on their way. But this is also a really critical time for rainfall, the right amount of rainfall to happen so that in the drier months that the, the crops will be okay. So there is a Southern Chinese proverb, farmer's proverb that says, if there is not enough rainfall in grain buds, farmlands will be dry. So it's a big time when the, you know, the the water table in the in a lot of these places needs to be filled and with that rain that's been happening over the last few months and this is also an important time because it's a critical time for these particular crops. 
It's also the time of year. Grain buds is the time of year when they plant rice. So again, coming back to what we experience and what I do, May the 24th, which is the Victoria Day weekend in Canada for all you Canadians there, is the time when you are safe to plant your flowers, your annuals outside. You're pretty much safe that you're going to avoid a frost. Okay. And I rem- I worked at a garden center through university. That was my like university job. And so the May 24th weekend, that like May, we call it May 2-4, that around that time, that Victoria Day weekend is the time when garden centers are just like going crazy because everyone's buying their flowers and they're doing their planting and everything because it's the time when you can pretty much guarantee that, you know, your plants will survive. They're going to continue. It's warm enough. Then the full moon is May the 5th. And it's the flower moon, right? Which is very intuitive. It makes sense. It's a time when flowers are blooming. You know, there's fragrance, there's color. Again, things are just, it's happy. It's, you know, things we can all feel like May is a great month. It's not too hot. It's like, it's all this growth. It's great. Angie, do you want to talk a little bit about the animals of the month? Yes. The animal of the month. And also for the, those of us living in the U.S., the end of May brings in Memorial Day weekend, which mm-hmm. is kind of for us the start of summer in a lot of ways. So it's a fun time. So if we look at the Chinese system as well, May is the month of the, the snake. And it's a supportive chi for those born in the year of the monkey because snake and monkey are in a very harmonious relationship as well as the rooster and the ox because it forms a triad with the rooster and the ox the snake does. So that's also helpful for those born in the year of the rooster, particularly in the year of the rabbit that we're in this year. So you'll get a little bit of a reprieve if you're born in the year of the rooster. And then those born in the year of the pig and the tiger have a challenging relationship to the snake. So those born in the year of the pig and the tiger could take it a little bit easy this month. However, if you remember, the pig has a really good relationship with the rabbit. So overall, you're having a great year in general. And the tiger is pretty neutral. But I think it's mostly the messages, those maybe born in the year of the rooster, you're going to have a little bit of a reprieve from the challenging chi this month. And the overall chi of May, taking this all into consideration and thinking about what's going on in the weather and the cycles of nature, I just started putting together words and thought, well, what do I think of? You know, joy, fragrance, color, warmth, growth, all of those great joyous feelings around that, that energy. And again, you know, when we talk about the yin and the yang, we're creeping closer to having more yang than yin. Okay. So this is the time when I now talk about the tarot reading. And the question that I ask, I think I pretty much asked the same question last month, but oh no, sometimes I switch it if there's a really big event, you know, kind of like a spring, I think maybe spring equinox. I think the last time I did this, but the question I asked was how can our podcast listeners work with the energy of May? So whatever is coming up for you this month, what can you, how can you approach it? And I pick a major arcana card as the theme that you can work with. And I pick a minor arcana card as the actions or sort of the blending of the two, how these two things work together because they inform each other. 
And these cards, when I, when you pull these cards and the I Ching is the same way, these are ways for you to really gain awareness and to start asking questions and to start exploring things. Okay. And sometimes, you know, often when I do these readings or when we do these readings, a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, like that's exactly what I was thinking. Or so there is that element too. But overall, we try and think of these themes more broadly and see what is it that's going on in your life. There's some teachings and learnings that you could take away. So the major arcana card that I pulled was the lovers. And the minor arcana card that I pulled is the five of pentacles. Those of you that know tarot, I will get to the five of pentacles in a minute. Don't panic. For those of you know the lovers, the lovers is, it's not necessarily, it's not about a particular relationship. Everyone's like, oh, I got the lovers. That means like, you know, blah, blah, blah. It is not about that kind of a love romantic relationship. I mean, it can be if your question, again, it's all about the question, right? And if your question was really specific about that, but my question wasn't. So this is not about a particular relationship or a particular person in your life. This, because we're taking big themes from this, this is about pure love. This is not about grasping material love. This is about love that is raised for the highest good, okay? This is about peeling away everything that is there and seeing what is true. And all that we really have is this is this pure love. And this card, the lovers, if you don't know what it looks like, Google it and see quickly, because, you know, as soon as you Google the lovers tarot, it's boom, it'll pop up. Adam and Eve are in the Garden of Eden and they're naked, right? And I mean, that is probably typical of that, you know, symbolism, but they're naked and they're open to new possibility. And I think that the the lover's card often has to do with a decision that needs to be made. Like not necessarily a dilemma, but a path that maybe you need, you're thinking about taking either this way or that way. And my tarot teacher used to call it, you know, it's time to adult. Like there might be something where you need to step up and start adulting. But another interpretation too is to really tap into that natural, your authentic true self. Okay. Again, thinking you're naked, you're open to possibility. And so that authenticity. And then when you bring in the minor arcana card, which is the five of pentacles, which if those of you that know tarot, five of pentacles is not a, not a popular card. (laughs) It's a bummer to look at. It is often associated with a short period of lack or hardship, okay? And it has, I mean, the visual is of two people sort of struggling, they're down on their luck, you know, and they're walking in front of a church. And the sort of traditional reading around this, if you're, depending on your question is, you know, again, it's a five, it's the number associated with a five, so it's fast, it's gonna be quick, it's a short period of lack or hardship. And that you need to turn to others for help, right? You need to sort of shift and see, you know, your support, which in this case is the church, that there are theirs to help. But when I'm looking at it with the lovers, there's an aspect of embracing this lack or hardship as being a way to peel away, again, that mm, something that isn't working for you. So what can you let go of that it might feel briefly like a hardship? So what can you go without in order to become more authentic version of yourself? So is there something in your life right now that's maybe acting as a crutch? 
right? Or maybe there's something that you could go without to play around, see if you can play around with going without to see if you can become more self-sufficient, right? And that's sort of having these two cards together, it's sort of the lovers in my in in my mind is sort of saying, okay, being your true authentic self that that you can step into because of this decision and moving forward. And then the five of pentacles is saying, it's kind of giving you the 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 how to do it. Okay. So maybe is there a lesson there? Like, can you maybe let go of something that isn't serving you? And just for a brief period, right? And it doesn't have to be something monumental. I mean, it can be something that you feel, um, you know, that you feel that, oh, you know what, I've been thinking about this. So, you know, giving some thought to, are you relying on something that either you've become so attached to that you can't even think about, and it, you know, can't even think about living without it, or is it something that is actually even holding you back a little bit? So it's just some things to think about this month to play around with what, what you can let go of. And again, even for a brief period. So it can either be a, a test in a way, a, a trial, right? So some ways that you can work with this energy and Angie, you can step in whenever if you have some thoughts, but again, looking at what you can let go of this month, can you make space for something in your life to create an, so that new path, that other authentic self path or that adulting path, whatever, however you want to look at it so that you can become more self-reliant and brave. Like, are you ready for that? And what can you do to walk into that? So this was really great, Laura. I wrote a lot of notes while you were offering your reading and connecting it to a feng shui practice. So I thought we could go over some of these together. So one is you talked about what is ready to shine right now, because we talked about the summer, beginning mm -hmm. of summer and invite and actually like literally, I say literally too much. I just like literally. I know because um, I listen to a lot of I listen to a lot of what I put out there to just understand and to be comfortable with my own voice. And so I was like, wow, I say literally a lot. OK, so there's an invitation for you to begin to look at what is ready to shine. And you can do this in tandem with your home to look inside and see what's ready to shine. But maybe maybe actually actually literally <laughs> invite the sun into your home. I guess you know why I use literally a lot, because what we do, we're working with like the literal and the and the metaphorical with feng shui so much, especially the way Laura and I practice feng shui. So how can you invite in the sun? So that can mean opening up the windows, opening up the window treatments in a very intentional way and opening up the windows and letting the fresh air and the fresh sense of springtime and summer come in from the outside into your home so that you can bring in this new sense of life, which also aligns with bringing in more fragrance into your home, mm -hmm. like with fresh cut flowers. So ideally from your own garden, we're going to have an upcoming episode about gardens and Laura you did an interview with Will, right? And mm -hmm. also I think we did one with Rose about feng shui and gardens. So we mm -hmm. we would encourage you to listen to those pre past podcast episodes. But like, Laura, you have a garden. You said the hardy flowers may be ready. Yeah. Um, 
they are the yes and then we have a lot of bulbs coming up too that are yeah bulbed flowers but yes they should be in the month of may those are there are some cut flowers that are ready to bring in yeah so ideally if they're from your own garden or seasonal that's ideal but you do the best you can with what you have like i live in new york city and i don't have a garden so and I don't want to go scavenge from the park, which is a little bit unethical. Uh, so I would have to go to the flower market or the store to purchase flowers. But do the best you can with what you have. But bringing in that fragrance of flowers can really lift the chi. Yes. And then another thing I noted when you were talking is you talked about the what is something that you can let go of and peel away. Mm-hmm. And so we could invite all of you to look at what is a one thing that you can go without what can you peel away so that you can be more self-sufficient and like what is your crutch like that five of pentacles so the idea is that when you can let go you can create the space for something new and you invite space for creativity for something to arise something new to be born and that thing can be connected to that lover's card that Laura talked about with pure love. And it might be scary and it might even be more effective to let go of something that hurts a little bit instead of just letting go of something that's really low hanging fruit. But again, Mm -hmm. do the best you can with what you have, but we get so attached to things around us or people around us. Maybe it's time to let go of a friend. Maybe it's time to let go of like a client. Maybe it's time to let go of an object. I don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. What else do you think, Laura, that people could let go of? Uh, It's funny. I think if you, if you ask people are like, Oh, I don't really know if I could get rid of anything. I think deep down (laughs) inside people know of that one thing that they could never let go of, but no, they kind of should. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like something that that's, they've just, it could be something I find a lot of times, at least for me anyway, personally speaking, it's something that's a trapping of material that it's like, oh, I, I I paid so much for that at some point and I need to love it and I need to keep it and I need to store it and I need to be with it. And I don't, and I know at the end of the day that I, I, it's, it's a more of a burden to me, but I haven't really come to terms with it. So whatever that means for you out there, I think I think there are some things that might be better off if you donated them and gave them to someone else and they would find that that's what they're looking for, you know? So it's like, I, I, but I really like you're bringing up, although it, it, it it's more a little heavier when you talk about potentially it's somebody in your life and the lover's card. It's interesting is sometimes about going out again, it's not really a relation. It can be going on to a relationship, but in this case, when we asked it, it is, it is sort of stepping out from the comfort zone and going out on that path. So it might be something that might be a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Like something that's been coming in in my life personally, recently I was talking to my tea teacher and we were talking about some new project that she's possibly going to do. And she said, well, I just have to figure out what I need to take out of my life to make space for this. And, you know, it may seem like common sense, but I was, I was like, oh God, I don't do that. Like I just Mm -hmm. keep adding more things to my life and my schedule and my task of to do things because I'm luckily at this point in my life where 
almost everything I want, like I want comes to me and I can, I, I want to say yes to everything, but I can't say yes to everything. And it's really harmful for me. So that's really actually scary to say no to something or to disappoint someone or to let go of something to make some make space for something. Maybe you don't know what's going to happen, but mm. we're all, I'm only one person. You're only one person. So it might be saying like cutting off a new pa a pattern or a habit. It may mm. be cutting off a project. It may be cutting off a way of working in the world. It could be something as simple as like cutting off a like a type of food, who knows? Yeah, it's exactly. going to arise differently for each of you. But we would invite you to kind of listen and ask yourself that question and then really hear. And you, it doesn't mean that you have to get rid of anything, mm -hmm. but maybe even acknowledging that this is really hard for me to let go of. And I know there's something there to this that's coming up for me that needs to peel away again. Like, and Laura talked about that crutch. What is a crutch? And once you can let go of that crutch, you can actually make a turn in your life and you create spaciousness for something to arise. And again, this, the message from the cards today, the tarot is to connect to your pure love. Mm -hmm. And also there is a, again, there's a temporariness to it. There's a possibility for that. So, you know, you can give something up and play with it and see how that feels. It doesn't have to be a forever thing, but I think what you can think about is, is, how does that feel when I, when I give that up, even if it is for just a temporary and, and, and then you're like, oh boy, that was really hard. That was harder than I thought. Then that gives you a lot of information. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking one way that people can play with this in a non-invasive way is to actually sing. So you can sing, activate that love in your heart, the throat chakra and your heart and activate that pure love. And then when you sing, you're actually letting go of control of your voice. You're mm -hmm. putting something out into the world and you can even visualize your voice is intermingling with your the feng shui of your space. You're letting part of your chi out into the world and you can visualize that it's mixing with your space around you and your home or you know, God forbid you try to go sing out in public <laughs> in your, <laughs> but letting go a little bit. So that's a really like safe way to practice. Like your voice is so close to you and what happens if you sing mm -hmm. and then it goes out there and then you don't know what happens to it. It just goes out into the world. And it's a good way to transform the space that, you know, by making space and letting that out, you can create joy, right? And in, in, in the space as well. So I think that's a great idea. I really like that. And there was one more thing I was thinking. I guess mm -hmm. we have a lot of stuff this time. But because, you okay. know, your reading had so much richness to it that I was mm -hmm. just taking all these notes on what yeah. we could possibly offer feng shui wise. And also it's connected to that energy of fire in summer that there's more yang energy coming out. So it's more activity. Mm -hmm. So one can also look at creating a new path in their home. Like maybe try a different morning ritual, like mm -hmm. when you walk out of bed, or maybe it's literally, there's that word again, literally yep. creating a new path in your garden. Maybe you mm -hmm. do your paths a little differently mm -hmm. or taking a different drive to your, to the grocery store. Like how do we start to pave new paths in our life this month, which will also start to create new paths and our habits and our habitual patterns and our neural pathways and how do we invite and work with feng shui on a really deeper level where mm -hmm. we start to make these changes 
around us that reflect changes within us. I could not have said it better. That's perfect. So I don't think I can add to that. <laughs> also, I think also I think we gave people a ton of stuff. So and and again, a ton of stuff, but also very kind of nebulous in a way. So I think there's just some food for thought for everyone there. And again, it does not have to be dramatic. It can be as simple as trying to give up coffee for for three days. I wouldn't do that to people, but trying to give up something for like, I don't know, nine days, you know, something simple. Yeah. And, you know, for the listeners, if you don't follow us on Instagram, you can find us on Instagram at Mindful Design School. And we have a reel that goes up every week about the podcast. And we'd love to hear what you end up doing if you want to share it on mm -hmm. any of our, on the reel about this May Chi forecast. So thank you all for listening again to our podcast, the Holistic Spaces podcast. You can listen to us every week on Monday for a new podcast episode. If you like our podcast and this episode, please share it with others. You can subscribe on your podcast app. You can leave a review if that's possible. You can also follow us on Instagram that supports us. You can also support the podcast by checking out our classes at mindfuldesignschool.com. If you'd like to explore the world of holistic spaces on, and feng shui on an even deeper level, you can visit us at mindfuldesignschool.com. Thank you so much for listening and we will see you next week.